Hello. Welcome back to Songwriting Saves the World. This is season four, the business season. This season, you're going to get an insight on all things behind the scenes in music. We are talking to songwriters, A&Rs, publishers, and producers. We're so excited to be back and to be giving you guys all the real piping hot tea about the music industry. Woo! Let's get into it. Liuba Castell is the founder of Creative Culture, artist manager, creative consultant, Juno Award winner, and MTV VMA nominated choreographer. She's really done a whole lot. We're excited to talk to you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you both. So before we jump into the interview, we have a little icebreaker question for you. Mm -hmm. Bring it. And that is, if money was no object, who would you pay to write the soundtrack of your life? Um, okay. Who would I pay to write the soundtrack of my life? So it would probably be a couple of people. Can it be, can I, can I commission various artists? Yeah, whatever you want. There are no rules. Okay. Um, I would have Labyrinth on it Mm. just because I feel like low-key like the euphoria soundtrack yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like okay I, I, i'm digging it it's it's a vibe i feel immersed i feel it's relatable Absolutely. Yeah. um i would i would ask respectfully sufjan stevens to also mm-hmm. put a song in um and then okay so that was the two that just like jumped into my head yeah uh who else uh, okay, then I would go hyper pop because that's part oh, of life yeah. right now. So I would okay. actually, and I might butcher this name because I actually haven't researched how to pronounce it, but there's a French, I believe she's French, mm. a French DJ called Au Clou. Au Clou. Okay. Um, cool. And I believe she's femme, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> um, and I would ask her, them to... Um, you know, for a little, for a couple of jams, and yeah, I think it would like something in there. It would work well together, and I also maybe Oklu could remix Labyrinth and Sufjan. That Stevens. would be sick. And then I want to it would just this already. <laughs> and I think I picture it as like a collaborative process uh-huh. the whole time. Like it would just be like people they would deliver their compositions, and then she would go in and like uh-huh. remix it, and then they would get on the track again. And, like, it would be, like, a very immersive experience. That um, is such a better, like, take on it than just picking one person, I feel like. <laughs> because one person, like, you're basically getting the soundtrack to their life. Because it's, like, all their songs, whatever. But you need something that's original. And that combines these different aspects. You know what? It's the best answer. You you actually are onto something because... Okay, are we doing this? Because now I'm thinking <laughs> that... <laughs> Now I'm thinking that maybe I would then add movement since I'm a movement mm. artist. You know what I'm saying? That's my background. So I would add yeah. some movement and then we would like have a live performance yeah, of it. Yeah, it would be a showcase. Yes. It could be like sure. a whole visual album. Yeah. There you go. That would be yeah. incredible. I'm honestly, I feel like now it has to happen. It really does. Right? I feel okay. like we need to contact all to these work. people and <laughs> just like get them. it going. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for that question. That was an excellent question. <laughs> I'm going to think about it all day. Can you give us a background summary of your musical journey and your path and why you are here today? I can try. I will give it a valiant (laughs) effort. Um, So my background, I I live in Brooklyn right now. I'm Mm -hmm. from Denmark originally, and I came to New York as a dancer. 
as a dance mm-hmm. student, as a person who I had a background like I was signed as a teenager because I made like my own girl group with my friends oh my God, cool. when I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> and we got signed at 16 in Denmark um, by indie label. And we really thought this is it. We are it. <laughs> this is gonna, we're going to be famous. Um, but we kind of came up like as a, like we, we, we went, we came together ourselves and then we went through the whole, like it was a whirlwind, um, as when, when you're a teenager getting signed, I mean, that usually comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. It gets really crazy. So I sort of left it and like dove more into like my dance passion. Mm -hmm. And, um, that sort of took me to New York. And then I was a contemporary modern dancer, but I was really in the house clubs a lot Mm. Um, because I was really, really interested in house dance and had like really just heard about it or seen some videos. I don't remember where you would see videos back then, but I think some people who had been traveling would be like, oh, you know, yeah, I go to the house clubs. So I became really immersed in that community as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that sort of mold it together into um into a path where I was uh I was dancing a lot but I was also participating in nightlife Mm -hmm. and I was participating in curating things Mm -hmm. pertaining to both (laughs) yeah um and then I also I I think I was on I don't know if you know any of the casting stuff when you're a gig worker and a dancer in New York you use stuff like backstage actors access like there's these like casting sites and um someone contacted me on backstage because they were looking for a lead singer of a band so then I became a lead singer of a band (laughs) called uh love crime which was like a pop industrial Mm -hmm. kind of vibe and I that was the first time that I really kind of started immersing myself in songwriting because we wrote like a small EP ourselves um and we were working and I it was kind of an interesting process because it was like a real process, quote unquote, like we worked with a producer and we were like, I was day in and day out in the studio and rewriting things, which mm-hmm. was a new concept to me. I was like rewriting, but this is great. Like why but it's would perfect. We... <laughs> exactly. Rewriting is hard. So hard. Um, but then that was a really interesting kind of discovery for me. And then we did a, a little bit of like live touring, but then we also got cheated from like management and mm. like the leadership side because we weren't really that knowledgeable about the, mm-hmm. the business side of it um and so that kind of then I started a new project called Chico and Lollipop where I was Lollipop was an electronic explicit project where I married sort of like DJing and mm-hmm. singing and writing and nightlife into one mm-hmm. and then during or right before this time I met an artist named Kaisa, <laughs> who was at the time an independent artist in New York, and she was looking for dancers, and I became her dancer, her backup dancer. Mm-hmm. And then she asked me to choreograph a new song for her um, that she sent me that was called Hideaway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I I received the song and I was like oh this is a house song I know how to I, I yeah, I'm yeah. part of that like let let's figure this out so um so I created that video um with her and her her team and the dancers are like friends of mine that I cast mm-hmm. that um were part of it and then that blew up and that took me out of New York and straight mm-hmm. into like a really interesting position of like management slash creative director yeah 
which I didn't know at the time that I was actually in a management capacity, but I was, mm-hmm. I was basically asked to launch her in London with her. Like I moved in wow. with Kaiser in London yeah. because she went number one in 40 countries. Mm-hmm. So since then, right, it's kind of, <laughs> so since then, um, I worked in still a dance capacity and I was still gig working and stuff. And then in 18, Kaiser asked me to manage her full time. And that was like the the genesis genesis of my management full time yeah. work as a manager. Wow! So that's like a short I love version. That <laughs> it's like a whirlwind. You did everything. Like I know. I'm it's amazed. part of a little bit part of the fabric of I would say like in my experience New York mm. um, yeah. and the artist life in New York is ex- like. People around me in my community are extremely versatile mm-hmm. and very much used to like operating on a lot of different levels and frequencies and mm-hmm. having new ideas and diving into different things and and um, yeah yeah and I love that it all started with the girl group I really do <laughs> because I always think about I'm like I might be a songwriter I might be a podcaster yeah yeah but like a girl group offer and I throw it all away. <laughs> I immediately <laughs> I agree I think if you didn't have a girl I mean this was like the late 90s um if you didn't have one in the late 90s mm-hmm. I think like what were you really doing is really the question yeah you know? yeah I think Sasha you missed you're in the wrong generation I know that I am but I <laughs> you can I bring leave, it back I know That's true. come on and Sasha and let's I've go talked about it we've talked about it and we're trying to get our other friend to do it too just come on guys because girl groups are interesting right because they they the idea of the group setting has to do with community and unity yeah mm-hmm. and i think that we've just gotten a little bit used to maybe in the new era that girl groups are sort of put together and and and, mm. and and other groups are put together yeah right, and constructed and when i was coming up it was very much like we definitely believed that they were like friends mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying we thought tlc was like Oh, they are their home. Like they met each other and made a group. Yeah, like right. totally. Literally. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what we're getting back to. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, in your experience managing artists, when you're brainstorming an initial rollout plan for a new album or singles or whatever the case may be, what are the first couple steps that you take, and what are like the biggest things artists should hit on when they're trying to brainstorm how to put a project out? Mm. Okay, so yeah, good, very, very expansive question. <laughs> um, for new artists, the most important thing that I, I believe in, in collaborating with, with me on the management side specifically, mm-hmm. because that's also a collaborative process, which I definitely want to make sure that that's something that I've really been thinking about. Um, but it's important that we get on the same page in terms of not not you getting on my page so much but me understanding like the artist identity yeah. and where you're at right now what your priorities are what your vision is who your community is like it's important that we have very in-depth conversations about who you are in that sense Mm-hmm. where you move uh where right. you go out like who do you interact with as an artist as a person mm. and for me to understand that and be able to speak to that specifically because I do believe that your community is what's gonna help like it's 
it's the, like as an indie artist, building community is your number one priority. Right. Yeah. So do you mean like audience specifically or like a combination of audience and like your life community and your personal mm, community? That's, we should talk about that. Like what? <laughs> It, I mean, it's, that's exactly the, the, the conversation, right? Is mm. um, I think a lot of times because we're fed such an illusionary perception of the artist's role yeah. from the music mm-hmm. industry, from the top, top tier of the music industry, we forget sometimes in our everyday that our audience should really be a community, right? There's a lot of mm-hmm. conversations about it now because we are realizing that... <sighs> the value is in like how we communicate with people online specifically yeah. how we capture their data specifically like their emails so we can mm-hmm. tell them that we're selling a t-shirt or that we're making an album or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that but rather than seeing it as i think a lot of artists sometimes talk about their fans <laughs> and i think it's important to reframe it to what you said like audience slash community as well mm-hmm. and it's it is part of your life community because being an artist is not really divorced from your life. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know any examples of like where it's like a nine to five and then you're like, okay, close the door. (laughs) Like I'm checking out. (laughs) That's not what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially if I feel like if you're coming from being an independent artist and being a small artist, like you need to have the kind of, authentic connection with your community that then grows because obviously people need to feel like they know you but like and for like reasons like they have to have several reasons that you're like okay we're kind of the same yeah that and also I feel that if you're open to it as an artist um part of your part of your conversation as a creative person Mm -hmm. is with the community like that them talking back Mm -hmm. to you informs your creativity as well yeah like not in a way that necessarily is just piggybacking off of like oh i want to make sure i i get a lot of streams and i, I get a lot of mm-hmm. sales and da, da, da. but like <laughs> that it's really a conversation like that you're that you you can relate to each other not just one way like they yeah. can relate to you and they're just sitting there and being adoring fans right, but that right, they're right. in maybe especially if you think of new newer platforms like tiktok that they're in a conversation with you yeah. and that they yeah. understand where your material is coming from and maybe they can even relate to that or add perspectives to it mm-hmm. in their own you know what i'm saying like so i yeah. i think fostering that mindset is the now and the future of mm-hmm. how to operate as an independent specifically, um, yeah. which most of us are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we keep looking at like how the top tier artists do it, I think we will be driving ourselves crazy. And yeah. we can't really imagine that anyways, because very few of us have the access to actually speak to those teams. Yeah. It's such a different like game. If yeah. you're, if you're Taylor Swift. Totally. Styles. I'm going totally. to see Harry tomorrow. He's on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we love Harry. I really, yeah, really we do. do. <laughs> we really do. Speaking of kind of varying perspectives, you are a dancer, a choreographer, an artist manager. You've been an artist yourself. So you have kind of a collection of different creative skills and experiences. And how do you find that your different creative pursuits inform and impact each other Mm. as you make new projects? 
Okay, that's that's a good one. Um, I think right now I'm obviously I'm I'm most of my time goes to management and music mm-hmm. industry and educating myself and getting mm-hmm. a lot. I'm always saying that like I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty well versed. <laughs> I've had a lot of different experiences in management, mm-hmm. um, but I'm always we always have to continue to like get get more and more knowledgeable. So a lot yeah, of my energy of is going into that sphere right now. Um, and I think what sort of the, my creative background and also the work that I still do creatively from time to time informs it, informs it in a way that I'm able to look at things more holistically. Right. Mm. And I'm definitely on the artist side, which is my job as a manager. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a big part of my job, but is, um, I understand the artist's interests and I also Mm. see, um, where the artists might be boxing themselves in hmm. a lot of times where I can speak to that because I'm, I have a well-rounded view of things. Yeah. Um, and then I can continue to sort of speak the language. Like I know the process of being in the studio, even if I don't hmm. know everyone's personal process to a T I can, sp- I can have a real conversation about it and we can actually mm-hmm. move from that conversation to stuff like that. I need to maybe, dive more into like marketing and stuff like those it's a holistic conversation so i would say the main takeaway is that things become more holistic it's not so like divided into these like oh well you're doing this because that's your skill set and then we send it to these people we don't have Mm -hmm. the luxury a lot of times on indie teams to to have a lot of delegated tasks (laughs) yeah so it's important that all of us including the artists are are continuing to be well-rounded and holistic about their approach and I think because I'm a creative it also nudges my artists to not ignore the business side uh-huh. of their <laughs> of their operation which they can't do any I like, it's dangerous right. for them to do but artists will be like they'll take the card and be like well I'm the artist so I don't right. you're like <laughs> I, I feel like both. it happens a lot that people are like I just want to be creative they're yep. like this is not what I signed up for don't we all <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah i feel like that's probably so so valuable for your artists that you work with though that you like even in you being an example of like i am creative and i understand what i need to understand i would i love that you say that It, it can be a little bit of a source of um it can also be a source of friction yeah because you can't bullshit me yeah you really can't i mean i can sort of take a position of like okay cool if that's what you want to do and then Mm -hmm. i'll i'll step back because i can't i can't you know i can't i can bring you to water but i can't dunk your head do it it. right (laughs) so so i but sometimes it could be a little bit of source of because some artists are maybe not ready to embody what they really need to step into Mm -hmm. um so i also have to like be very with some people and some situations Mm -hmm. i have to also be informed by like you know patience (laughs) and be like okay well we've said it all and now we have to get it you know what i'm saying so yeah but i think we have healthy conversations about pretty much everything (laughs) um that makes a lot of sense yeah before we start engaging with industry industry and then Mm. we sort of have to have a game plan sometimes right because then it becomes 
down then to the wire. We, we, end, we, we are in different conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, we all need to be on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah. What are the main projects and tasks that you work on for artists? And how does it vary based on the artist style and goals? So I'm still, because I'm an independent manager, I don't work for mm-hmm. a big company. I work for my own company, mm-hmm. Creative Culture. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always sort of refining. I have to continue to sort of put it into systems what I'm doing so that I can onboard like I have an intern or you know what I'm saying like so I can mm-hmm. communicate it and um so right now the way that I'm doing my day-to-day is I have a weekly meeting standing meeting with all my mm-hmm. clients okay and I can talk to them more than one time per week but I like mm-hmm. to have a dedicated time where we talk and yeah. they have to sort of that's something that we're on schedule with um mm-hmm. and we have to figure out like what our priorities are where we're at what's yeah. what's coming and um and then we have we have some action items from each of those meetings yeah i would say my tasks um they vary from artist to artist mm-hmm. um sometimes i am deeply like i mean i'm always deeply in, embedded in royalties and everything mm-hmm. that pertains to all of their product royalties mm-hmm. on the composition side on the recording side yeah. i'm always looking at everything um, I spend a lot of time looking at data uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and trying to figure out like what, you know, where we need to focus our energy yeah. and where we maybe need to pick up. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, my day to day also includes uh, making sure that so my indies, they deliver everything to me. Mm-hmm. Metadata, um, they're their masters, their um, instrumentals, lyrics, wow. like all the assets. We have you a keep system. Track of a lot. Yeah, so we have a system where, um, where I, we have access to that all the time, so that I can go and try to make things happen on like mm-hmm. distro side, sync side. You know, publishers like they all mm-hmm. have like very different needs. Then I spend a lot of times in like meetings with their partners. If they have partners, like labels, some of them have yeah. labels. I spend time communicating with labels, checking up on action items that we have within Mm -hmm. their rollouts, right? Um, And then uh, I also, with some of my (laughs) clients, I spend time on their funding aspects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they are funded by any type of arts agency or government. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also speak a lot to bookers for the clients that I have that have agents uh, and booking agents. I speak a lot to them about things and then it just kind of there's like a cycle for everyone so if if an artist is finished with an album or let's say I mean that's also a whole other process right but let's say they finished and we've Mm -hmm. mixed and mastered it rollout plans big that's a big thing what are you like what is your vision for the rollout okay how do we quantify that what does that look like what assets do we need do Mm -hmm. we need to go shoot something else Uh, how many photo shoots literally just like everyone's individual plan is like sort of needs to be kind of at the forefront of my mind Mm -hmm. yeah um every week speaking of like artists how do you go about finding the artists that you want to work with and then kind of building your network from there like who should they work with like, how do you start from scratch with finding someone new? 
So I don't actively, currently, I don't actively seek out new signees mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm full. <laughs> but um, it sort of happened organically because of my intersection with the arts community mm-hmm. already. So um, Kaiser asked me because we worked together already. That was the sort of start of me taking on more clients, right? So now we're, so I worked with her for a year and a half only with her because she was in a very specific like comeback period. She'd had a car Mm -hmm. crash. She -hmm. needed a lot of like hands-on work to, to kind of like, what are, how are we getting back into like, um, how do we build momentum again? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a year and a half of just working with her. And then when the pandemic hit, I took on two more Mm -hmm. and then I took on clients that I had worked creatively with in the past so it's it was sort of organic Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which made sense to me because i thought i think the value of what i did what i'm doing right now is also that i have an in-depth understanding of the artist's history yeah so i'm actually able to like go back and and be like hey what was that deal we did like i have it not only in my you know, data, but I also have it in my mind because yeah, I've experienced right. it with them. So, and that's especially true for, for her. And then it's mm-hmm. true for like two other clients of mine. And then right. the, the new ones um, I took on because someone else asked me to co-manage. So it was just sort of like... It happened dif- organically. Yeah, like as you started getting into the weeds of things, it was like, oh, do you want to try doing this? Da, 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 da. So yeah. um, it was hard to network during the pandemic, though, mm. which is a big, for an independent manager, it's everything. Like you've yeah. got, you have to be in conversations with yeah. your own community. Um, so, uh, but now it's like picking up. Like now we're like, we go outside and we do. You know, like perfect people i'm so glad we can have conversations with exactly we go to shows you know yeah um, the artist i feel i find that for 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 artists period m- the, the most useful thing is for them to do their own networking so mm-hmm. of course i can help but it's really not an era where someone in my position currently can be like oh you want to work with so-and-so let me email them like it's yeah. a little dry, right? It's not yeah. where creativity comes from. It can it can be done, but I feel that the the like artists, songwriters, they have to create those relationships. Yeah. Um, that's the the that's the main priority for yeah. them. Like I can fill in some things, or I can like be like that quirky manager. Who's like, let's yeah. try this, you know. <laughs> right. But it. It definitely rings different when it comes from a man from a manager per, or a label than if it yeah, comes if from personal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, those are all our questions we have for you in this interview. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting and for sharing. Yes, thank you. Your Thanks brain. for having me. I love this whole I just want to give you some flowers real quick and say that I love <laughs> this whole this whole podcast. Like this is Aww. there's such a lack of like music industry and artist driven like mm. like community that's in the podcast realm yeah or whatever so i i really want to i really want to encourage you guys to or you to keep going mm-hmm.